The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. On today's Court TV podcast, the wild ride that has been the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard defamation trial has come to an end and in perhaps the most shocking manner it could have. Court TV's Chanley Painter joins me with full coverage of the day's dramatic events. This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinnie Politan. I'm Vinnie Politan. Welcome to the Court TV Podcast. If I sound tired, if my voice is, is a little bit weak in this podcast, it's because we just went through an incredible trial, a, a trial unlike any I have ever covered, and a verdict that was beyond dramatic, beyond bizarre, beyond shocking. Of course, I'm talking about Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. I'm just back on the ground, back at the Court TV mothership, back from Virginia where it all happened. And in this podcast, we'll go through the verdict, the moment, everything around it, and then we'll take a step back to take a a bigger look at this trial we just experienced. And joining me uh, on the podcast, as always, to talk about this case, Court TV legal correspondent Chanley Painter, who, um, by the way, has probably been up now. And and right now we're recording, you know, kind of late afternoon, but she's been up for 14 hours already because... Uh, she was on Good Morning. Was it? Is it Good Morning Britain? Good Morning Britain. Yes, at two a.m. There you go. That yeah, they have that time difference over there. Right. It's a little cum- <laughs> little cumbersome for us. But anyway, Chanley, uh, great to have you here. Um, let's start um, with the verdict itself. So, um, before I play the verdict, right, I want you to take us um, to the courthouse. Take us to um, just before it's announced. Then the verdict, then there's an announcement that the verdict is coming and exactly how all of this transpired and went down, uh, because not all verdicts uh, 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 go this way. They they aren't all organized the way they were in Virginia. Absolutely. Well, first of all, we were on pins and needles for nearly 13 hours waiting for this verdict here. And on the ground, it was electric, you know, media from all over the world, camera after camera outside the courthouse. And of course, Smaller crowds, but people still here uh, supporting, of course, Johnny Depp out and about. So when we received word, there was a verdict. It was like, go, 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 go. Even though we had like an hour, over an hour to to get up there and get ready. It was just went from zero to 60 and everyone gathers into the courtroom and we knew it was going to happen at three o'clock. So the crowd is in the gallery and, and just silent. Uh, we couldn't speak according to the deputies and... The attorneys enter the courtroom. Both sides seem upbeat. Uh, there's a space that's left for Amber to enter. We already knew that Johnny Depp had a pre-arranged work obligation. He couldn't be there for the reading of the verdict. And Amber enters the courtroom. Kind of a hush comes over the gallery. And she just has a big smile on her face as she greets her team of attorneys and hugs all of them. Her sister Whitney walks in with her, takes her place in the front row of the gallery. And then we sit there and wait. And I could feel kind of the deep breaths in the gallery. There were Johnny Depp fans who had been there since day one, every day of the trial with me watching. They were holding hands, you know, closing their eyes, anticipating five minutes. I could hear someone say, three minutes away, (laughs) before the judge entered. 
And of course, she's always on time. Judge Penny S. Karate, the former Marine, always runs a tight ship on time. She enters the courtroom, the jury's called in. And I have my eyes on the jury, Vinny. I'm trying to, desi- you know, see anything, any anything coming from them. And none of them look over towards Amber Heard. None of them seem to be surprised or notice that Johnny Depp wasn't there. And then the foreperson hands over the verdict forms. And they didn't fill it out right. It's, it's, it, this is amazing. It's a six-week trial. And it was a, it was a long verdict form, right? There are like seven pages. But... The, the judge gets the verdict form, and that's the way it happens in every case. Before the verdict is read, the judge will take a look at it and review it. So the judge knows the verdict before anyone else in the courtroom. But apparently she noticed that they didn't. What? What did? How did they mess that up? And, and exactly how did they mess up the verdict form of the jury? You know, they didn't fill out the damages page. So there's a page for each of the statements with the elements of defamation they have to sign off on. And then if they're supposed to, if they found that all the elements of defamation were met on one or more of those statements, they were then to fill out the damages portion. And the instructions say they must fill out the damages page. They didn't do that. Now, not sure if it was for both, you know, Hurd's case and Depp's case or just one. We don't know. They, they had a sidebar. We weren't included in that. So we don't know what she told the attorneys or what they knew when they turned and walked back to their seats or before she talked to the jury and said, that they had to go back and continue working. But when she did do so, that was a big, you know, oh, if they have to fill out damages, Vinny, that means someone was defamed in this case. Yeah, somebody won the trial. So while all that's happening inside the courtroom where you are, I'm outside of the courthouse. And while everyone's gathering in the courtroom, all of a sudden I'm noticing we didn't have much of a crowd during the verdict watch. But as the countdown got closer and closer to the moment of the verdict, the crowd outside started to swell and they put up barriers to, to kind of keep a lane from the front door to the microphones where people, if they wanted to speak after the verdict could, but the crowd started getting bigger and bigger. And that's without Johnny Depp there. And I'm thinking to myself, if Johnny Depp was here, there might be thousands of people at the courthouse for this verdict. It, it was, it was an amazing moment just as was, but that was without Johnny Depp, who we ended up finding some videos from Instagram. It seems that something was posted just before the verdict of him walking through a pub over in the UK. Amazing, you know, talking to fans, walking by with his security. Uh, amazing contrast in in where he was and what he was doing versus Amber Heard in that courtroom. So with that being said, Let's begin because, again, this is there, there are cross claims here. So Johnny Depp sued Amber Heard and then Amber Heard counterclaimed and sued Johnny Depp. So let's begin with Johnny Depp's verdict. In civil case number CL 2019-2911, Mr. Depp's claim against Ms. Heard. One, as to the statement appearing in the online op-ed entitled Amber Heard, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. In the Washington Post online edition, quote, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change, end quote. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, yes. As against Amber Heard, we the jury award compensatory damages in the amount of $10 million. As against Amber Heard, we, the jury, award punitive damages in the amount of $5 million. 
That's a lot of money. That's a shocking verdict. Um, the, the moment they said yes, it was like, wow, Johnny Depp won the case. Then we heard the amount. He really won the case. They didn't just say, okay, you won. Here's one dollar. No, $15 million. Describe to us what it was, what you were looking at, what you were noticing in the courtroom as this is revealed to the world. Once the first question was answered about that first statement and did you find all the elements of defamation were met? Yes. You could hear in the gallery, slight gasp because they would get in trouble if it was anything more. <laughs> and then you could see the attorneys for death. I mean, they just made eye contact with each other, slight smiles towards each other, kind of like, I'm surprised Ben Chu had been so reactive to testimony, didn't you know jump and cheer in that moment, but he didn't, he kept his composure. Nothing from the jury though. Of course they knew what the verdicts were. They knew uh, what was going to be read, but what a statement. And that, that money amount is a statement, right? What, how, how they took the testimony and who they believed. Absolutely. How about Amber Heard in, in the moment? Um, she, I mean, because before she seemed a little tense, but she was smiling, hugging. She was. And, and, and looked pretty consistent with the way she's appeared uh, throughout the trial. But how about at this moment where she's hearing that these seven folks from Fairfax County, Virginia, they didn't believe your story, Amber. Yeah. And they didn't believe her testimony. And, and, you could tell in the body language, really that whole side of the, the well there, all of her attorneys, her sister, Whitney, just a couple of rows ahead of me. There wasn't, you know, I'm seeing the back of her head. So I didn't see her face, but there wasn't anything in her body language that she, she was just like a statue. Uh, but you could tell on Amber's face as the, the verdicts were read, the de deflation of energy on that side of the courtroom. And she left the courtroom pretty quickly after the verdicts were read and the jury left more quickly than she had any other day of the trial. Now, let's talk about the numbers here. Um, 10 million and 5 million. There still has to be another hearing because those numbers are actually going to get adjusted, aren't they? Right. The judge actually adjusted. She put on the record that she was going to modify that. She'll formally enter that order of judgment, I believe, the 24th of this month is what she said. Unless the parties go ahead and, and agree and let her know she can do it sooner than that. They don't have to come in or appear or anything like that for this. It's just another formality that she will fulfill because, as she said, here in the state of Virginia, punitive damages are capped at $350,000. So while the judge, excuse me, while the jury wanted to give Johnny Depp $5 million in punitive damages, in reality, it will only be three hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, and and yeah, only three hundred fifty-three thousand. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, so ten point three five ends up being what Johnny wins in the case. As I said, there are two cases, so there was also a verdict for Amber Heard. And most of us, I think, looking at the case, said, "Okay, he said, she said, they believe one or the other. One wins, one loses." But then this happened. As to this statement, appearing in the April 27, 2020, online edition of the Daily Mail, quote, quite simply, this was an ambush, a hoax. They set Mr. Depp up by calling the cops, but the first attempt did not do the trick. The officers came to the penthouses, thoroughly searched and interviewed, and left after seeing no damage to face or property. So Amber and her friends spilled a little wine and roughed the place up, got their story straight under the direction of a lawyer and publicist, 
and then placed a second call to 911, end quote. Do you find that Ms. Hurd has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, yes. As against John C. Depp II, we, the jury, award compensatory damages in the amount of $2 million. As against John C. Depp II, we, the jury, award punitive damages in the amount of $0. So they found that Johnny Depp, through his lawyer's statement, defamed Amber Heard in detailing the story. And this is this is the one we talked a lot about during the trial. This is the one where the officers actually responded. And this is the one she got the, the protective order from that the lawyer's details in his statement were not true. Exactly. This is of the three statements she countersued Depp for. This was the longest statement. It was the most detailed. It went into the most alleged facts and circumstances. And if I look back on the testimony, given Adam Waldman's words and how he described it, I'm not sure I see the evidence and testimony really aligning with that. I can see where a jury would think, well, I don't remember it come, it happening like that. So maybe he was being untruthful. Who knows what they're thinking? But maybe he just went a little bit too far in the jury's mind in, in talking about this hoax and spilling the wine and calling the police a second time, trying to set up Johnny Depp. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you think about the details, the way they sort of played out through the friends that were there. Um, did the lawyer actually direct them to set right. him up? I mean, I, I think that's where it is. And it's, it's almost like, Amber Heard's not being defamed by that statement. It's almost like the lawyer's being defamed. The publicist is being defamed. Uh, the friends are being defamed because they're spilling the stuff. And I think they probably believed what some of the friends had to say and didn't really hear the direct evidence of the lawyer directing um, this this hoax, this elaborate hoax. So I, I could see the way they came to it. But to me, the message is really in the number. In the number, right? In the end, if you find both parties defamed one another, the real verdict is is a mathematical equation. Right. And two million, you know, that is it wasn't that what she made for Aquaman? Is that a coincidence? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> that played into it. But it's a lot less than fifteen million. Oh, absolutely. And no punitive damages. That says a lot. That's huge. That's huge. Compensatory is is what you actually lost, right? right. So in a in a civil case, if you get compensatory damages, it's supposed to make you whole for what you lost, right? Your car gets dented, um, whatever it costs to fix the dent in the car versus they smashed your car purposely and you want to punish someone for that. So you, you would apply punitive damages to it. No punitive damages uh, for Johnny Depp, but punitive damages for Amber Heard, that was significant, even though the number gets reduced. That, that tells us what the jury was thinking and, and, and how they perceived the evidence and how they really saw the case. He said, she said, they didn't believe her. They thought she was lying. They thought she was malicious. They thought she was going after Johnny, trying to trying to destroy his career. And on the on the flip side, not so much uh, Johnny Depp. Right. And Vinny, looking back at the weeks of trial and what I noticed, the little things, subtle things from this jury's reaction, how they took notes, what they showed on their faces, this verdict doesn't surprise me. How they reacted to Johnny Depp on the stand versus how they reacted to Amber Heard on the stand. I, I will never forget the cross-examination when Amber Heard continued to look to the jury for just yes or no answers, simple answers to the point that the jury was no longer looking 
towards her. And when she retook the stand the second time, the same type of thing, there was juror number nine, who was one of the deliberating jurors, didn't hardly ever look at her the second time that she was on the stand, which is telling now that I know the verdict. Very telling, you know, that you're, you're not looking at her and maybe you feel a little uncomfortable making eye contact with her because mm-hmm. you're just not buying it. Um, it it's fascinating. It, it's absolutely fascinating. And, you know, we cover trials and, and you're inside the courtroom and you're always trying to give us details about the jury and, you know, take it for what it's worth. They can't tell us anything. You can only kind of observe what they're doing, but your observations throughout the trial were right on. They were right on. And, and um, it, it's, it's a case where there's millions of dollars going back and forth, but it, it, it was really about a reputation. And, and the message that is sent from this jury um, is through the dollar amount. And, you know, does Johnny Depp get the money from her? Does he end up with the $8.35 million? I don't know if he actually gets that money in his bank account because I don't know what she has. But that's another story for another day. I mean, the story, t- the story today, though, is that um, Johnny Depp won. You know, and I saw mixed headlines from some other news organizations who were trying to play it like like it was a tie. Like this couldn't be further from a tie. There is no way this is 15 million to 2 million is not a tie. Okay, somebody won by 13 million. So um, I'm not buying that. And I think some people were misled or misreading it uh, who weren't really in there covering it. Um, So. How about the lawyers? I mean, the lawyers invested a lot of time into this, um, both sides, well-tried case. Um, let's let's take a listen first to, to the winning side. And this is Camille Vasquez and, and Benjamin Chu. Um, she is the one who cross-examined Amber Heard, probably the most memorable uh, moments of, of the case. Uh, but Ben Chu doing an incredible job as well. Let's take a listen to what they had to say. Today's verdict confirms what we have said from the beginning, that the claims against Johnny Depp are defamatory and unsupported by any evidence. We are grateful, so grateful to the jury for their careful deliberation, to the judge and the court staff who have devoted an enormous amount of time and resources towards this case. Our judicial system is predicated on each person's right to have his or her case heard. And we were honored, truly honored, to assist Mr. Depp in ensuring that his case was fairly considered throughout the trial. We are also most pleased that the trial has resonated for so many people in the public who value truth and justice. Now that the jury has reached its conclusive verdict, it's time to turn the page and look to the future. Thank you all so much. Thank and thanks you. to the jury. Thank you so much. Okay. What we didn't hear there was the roar from the crowd outside of the courthouse as they exited the building. It was, this doesn't happen for lawyers, folks. You know, we, you know, Chanley and I are both lawyers. You go to law school, you try a case, you win. And then it's like, okay, I won. Was anyone in the courtroom? Did they see it? Did anyone see it? Cause I just won this case. Did you? And here the world saw it and the world was cheering for him and, and the treatment that they got, um, throughout this trial, but especially after this verdict, uh, it, unprecedented for lawyers. They're rock stars, Vinny. Uh, Camille Vasquez now is a superstar. Uh, Her career has skyrocketed based on how she was just so uh, 
her tone was measured even on an intense cross-examination with Amber Heard. She had insightful questioning. She had her hand on the microphone objecting constantly. She would keep it there. Objection, objection, objection. And she had a command of the facts of this case, like none other. So has Ben Chu and such affable, approachable people. I've been in the hallway with them uh, throughout this trial, just nice people. And you can tell they've done their homework. The whole team, they delegated out the roles of this case. I've looked through the court file since 2019, a lot of preparation and work really not glamorous work, right? I mean, you know, as attorneys, that's not glamorous, all those briefs and memos. And then now to have their basically rock star exit yesterday with a sea of people and just yelling uh, wonderful things, wanting to give them gifts, holding up signs, supporting them. They could barely even drive off in their vehicle because people were swarming them so much yesterday. And I'm sure that they uh, feel that in ways that we would probably never know. So it was like a parade. It was like a parade. It was a it parade because like they had the they had the escort of the um, officers with the on on the uh, on the bikes and the on motorcycles with the noise going off, and then they kind of the crowd on both sides cheering them on. It, it was amazing. Um, what's interesting about Camille Vasquez? She's in L.A. and let me tell you, high profile case. You're in L.A. She's going to get opportunities, and and it'll be interesting to see what the next step is and, and some of the things that she'll be involved with because people will be knocking on her door left and right, uh, especially because she's in L.A. For, for whatever purposes. And I know she loves the practice of law. You can tell that she was just enjoying enjoying that cross-examination but we'll see where her career goes i have a feeling that she'll continue to practice law but she'll be involved in a lot of other things as well how about um amber heard's team um they didn't speak direct directly afterwards but any thoughts there chanley have they spoken out are they saying anything and I know you're you're lining up uh, uh, an interview. Right. Elaine Bredhoff has agreed to speak with me tomorrow, Benny. So uh, let me know your questions for her so I can ask her some of these questions you may have. But yes, we heard a statement from Amber Heard like minutes after this verdict was rendered. I know uh, from Amber, her team, though, only Elaine, she spoke to the Today Show uh, this morning about the case and uh, resurfacing what we heard during the trial and still believing in her client, of course, advocating uh, the same message that Am was in Amber's statement, uh, that this verdict is a setback and that there were a lot of uh, issues pre-trial, during trial, that they plan to appeal uh, this verdict. Okay, so it's not over till it's over. It's not over till it's over, but you appeal. You still got to pay your lawyers <laughs> and then you can still lose again. And if you just want to walk away, you're not walking away. You may end up uh, back inside a courtroom again if the if the verdict gets overturned or whatever. But amazing stuff. All right, Chanley's going to stay with us. When we come back, um, I want to take a step back, okay? And I want to take a look at the big picture of what we just experienced through these last seven weeks in Fairfax County, Virginia, the trial of this century, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. I am going to kill you. The killer, you know. They were the perfect family, but never suspected. I'll find you one way or the other. Someone they knew with Tamron Hall. Sunday, 9, 8 central on Court TV. 
After covering a case like this, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, I always do this at Court TV when there's a big one. Um, I take a look and I say, well, where does this, where does this sort of rank in terms of, of notoriety, impact, lasting impact, and, and how much people will reference this trial and, and perhaps be influenced somehow by this trial? You know, I always look to the O.J. Simpson case as the big one. That was the big one, right? There was, no, there was nothing else quite like it in my lifetime. Okay. Uh, and especially, and, and at court TV, right? This one, I think, has gotten almost as close as any has gotten, but, but in a different way, in a much different way, because the world is so different. Um, you know, just recently we had the, uh, the officer who murdered George Floyd. Big case, big trial. Kyle Rittenhouse, big trial. I, I, I covered Jody Arias, big case. I get it. Um, we've had them through the years, the Kennedy trial, the Menendez brothers, Menendez brothers was big. I would say this one probably in the same realm as the Menendez brothers as a phenomenon across the country. But, but this one's different because we live in the world of social media channeling. That's the first thing I want to talk about is how I look at this case as the first TikTok trial. <laughs> right. It's unbelievable. It'd be, I think you sent me a message early on in this trial, like go on TikTok and search hashtag justice for Johnny Depp to see how huge this is. Billions of those hashtags uh, on there. Every time I open it, there's a new video or a reel in the creative editing people were doing, whether it was for comedic purposes or for an agenda type of purpose or uh, whatever it was. It, it's unbelievable. The massive amount of social media involved in this case and the views, millions and millions of people on social media talking about this case. Absolutely. And you talk about the numbers, I mean, the, the views for videos and, and for hashtags in the billions, tens of billions, it's, it's unreal. And this is the part of it though, that, that to me was fascinating because the people who are, are, giving their opinions and their, their viewpoints of the trial are people that are watching it because court TV cameras are inside court TV cameras, court TV, court TV microphones inside the courtroom. People can actually see and hear the testimony themselves and come to their own judgment. And, you know, I, I always call them the 13th juror, right? The people out there who are watching, you're the 13th juror. The 13th juror was totally in sync with the seven that were in the courtroom. Now, I say 13th because in criminal cases, you usually have 12, so you're 13. In this case, I guess it was the eighth juror, however you want to term it. But th what was being discussed online ended up being the verdict in this case. Yeah, what an amazing correlation to consider. They're all watching evidence just the same. I mean, these jurors are ordinary people, right? Um, people who go online and have other lives, and 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 yet they have the best seat. They're sitting closest to the witness box. They can see Johnny Depp the best, his attorneys, Amber Heard. They're taking all of it in. Some took more notes than others. And to still have a verdict that reflects the, you want to call them the eighth juror or the court of public opinion is really an incredible thing. You know, I just want to mention as an aside though, Vinny, this morning I was asked about a very serious interview. <laughs> and I was asked about Jason Momoa testifying. Because apparently there's this video on TikTok that was edited 
to make it seem as though he was a witness and the judge was talking and it looks realistic. And of course he didn't. I would have remembered if Jason Momoa was in that courtroom, right? He did not. He did not testify. (laughs) So that's another. He did not testify. No, exactly. So that's another wild aspect of the social media is that you really had to be careful what you watched and took in. And I had to correct that person earlier. Absolutely. And for people who only watched the trial on TikTok, you're not getting the the full case. You got to watch the whole thing on court TV, but the people who are posting the videos have to watch it because to post a video of the trial, you have to actually watch the trial to find the piece of video that you want to use. And, and amazingly now, I think, and I'm looking at this, and I've talked about this, I think Amber Heard's team was monitoring social media to a, to a, a very little extent because there was a lot of negativity about Amber Heard. But I think their perception of what was happening on social media was, oh, those are just Johnny Depp fans. Those are just Johnny Depp fans. And I think that was a mistake because... It wasn't just Johnny Depp fans. Yes, the Johnny Depp fans online, but the number of Johnny Depp fans pales in comparison to the number of people who were watching and giving their opinions on this case. There were people who didn't know about what happened in 2016, didn't know anything about the UK trial. They were just watching the court TV cameras, right? What we were showing the world. And those people, were the ones who were reacting to Amber Heard's testimony and not believing her. And I think attorneys these days in high-profile cases, if you see something like that, you need to react and adjust to it and acknowledge and recognize that what's happening online may very well be happening in the jury sure. box. And in this case, it absolutely was. Sure. It was. Absolutely it was. I'm here on the ground. You used to talk about online, but just here on the ground talking to the people the people that were just even showing up for a wristband watching, we say they're Johnny Depp fans, but I talked to several who say, "Don't, I'm not a Johnny Depp, huge Johnny Depp fan. I'm not a super fan here. I'm just here to observe the process. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt and still would not believe her over him. They felt that there was something, even with an open mind that they brought, didn't ring true with her testimony to that person. And lots of people I've talked to, my Uber driver last night, uh, caught glimpses of the testimony from Johnny Depp and Amber and was able to draw conclusions. Someone like you said, who hadn't been following every day, didn't know about the UK trial, didn't know everything of the ins and outs here. It's just people taking their own life experiences and applying that to what they're seeing and hearing in the courtroom. And overwhelmingly uh, felt that Amber Heard's testimony was disingenuous in some way, whatever they may think. And so it's very reflective of that. I can't understand. I can understand where Heard's team is coming from, though, because I've read the court documents. I've heard their arguments or read their arguments in those documents. And she filed other counterclaims against Depp that were dismissed, including this complete smear campaign they alleged with bots and uh, people setting up fake accounts and trolling nonstop. And kind of from that perspective of how she was viciously attacked by people, probably not real people, robots, right? Uh, Is what they tried to present here. And maybe from that perspective, they were a little bit prejudiced in seeing what you're trying to say, which is that maybe we should look at this from an ordinary person. Absolutely. Yeah. And if that, and, and, you know, if those allegations are true and, and, and I believe they investigated them that there were bots Mm -hmm. that were posting things that was early on. Once the trial started, 
this thing took on a life of its own. And there were people who just started watching the trial. And we know what happens to people once they start watching a trial on court TV. You get invested, you get hooked. But here, the, the number of people invested and hooked was just through the roof. It was astronomical. And, and as a result, it was ordinary people who had, you know, maybe they, they, of course, they knew who Johnny Depp was, but they're not going to Johnny Depp concerts they don't have Johnny Depp painted on their on their uh, purses. They don't wear Johnny Depp shirts. They don't dress up like a pirate. These are just regular people, but they reacted. And, and I think for them, they, they couldn't acknowledge that. They couldn't acknowledge that regular people didn't believe her. And it's regular people who ultimately judge you in, in the jury box. And to me, that, that, that was fascinating. But I think it's a lesson for any lawyer. For any lawyer, if you're involved in a big case and it's being televised or it's being streamed online and people are commenting, pay attention to the comments because these are ordinary folks, you know, and, and, and you, can, you can glean something from it. And, um, and I don't know what adjustments they could have made, um, but I think you, you have to keep that open mind. And I know it's tough in the middle of trial to do that. But when that is happening, that's like giving you a, a mock jury as the trial's going on. And I've seen other attorneys I've spoken to do pay attention to that stuff and make adjustments. And sometimes they'll float theories before the trial starts to see how it resonates. So it's, it's the new world that we live in, but it, it's, it's, it's inter- interesting to see. Um, let's, how about the, 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 the reaction and when I say reaction, um, at the courthouse itself, like every day was an event when they would arrive and when they would leave. And explain to us what it was like <laughs> and, and how it sort of evolved. Oh, yes. The first couple of weeks, several dozen people show up for when Johnny Depp would arrive and leave because it was soon found out where he entered the courthouse from the back, right, uh, with the gate, and and they knew that he would leave in that direction. So for the first few weeks of this case, you know, the deputies kind of just let people do whatever uh, in the back street there uh, behind the courthouse. And then as the word spread, people started traveling here from all over. Locals started coming after work to greet Johnny Depp when he left the courthouse. They had to step in reinforcements in place, barriers, uh, barricades in place to keep people on the sidewalk. I remember telling you and sharing with you about a video where I was seriously concerned about some of the safety of the fans chasing after his SUV, trying to make its way down the road and and throwing things in the window at him. Uh, So the deputies, of course, stepped in and made sure it was safe for everyone, but unreal, unreal. Uh, the crowds showing up here in the morning and in the evenings to see Johnny Depp. And to get inside the, the courtroom. Yes. People were camping out all night. People who had traveled across the country. The world. Were they literally sleeping on the sidewalk waiting to get in? Literally bringing their sleeping bags and sleeping on the sidewalk to get in. They'll have an ice chest, maybe some snacks or food. And they have their iPad uh, watching maybe movies. Johnny Depp movies were playing one night uh, with the crowd. Yes, some showed up 24 hours ahead of time before the wristbands were handed out and waited there. Waited here, right behind me. <laughs> I know you can't see it's the podcast, but unbelievable. Some 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 fans took their entire vacation time 
they need to be here during this trial. It was amazing because I, I would talk to people and I think, OK, yeah, they're from like the, you know, one town over or no, no, no. they were from all over the country. It was amazing uh, to see that level of support and interest and to be part of the moment to get inside the courtroom. So what do you think um, the impact of this will be? In, in, in let's look at first, like, do you, I think there's going to be many more people interested in the law now. You know, anytime a big trial comes through, I think people all of a sudden, you know, where they are in life, think, hey, wait, wait a minute, that's kind of cool. Exactly. This whole process. Maybe I, maybe I want to do that. Absolutely. And in so many different levels, I noticed more, you know, of my followers just online asking, you know, astute questions, you know, what does this actually mean? What did this mean? You know, I am able to explain a little bit more about the process and, and legal terms and whatnot. So yes, that's right. That's a ramification, but also the inspiration of Camille Vasquez, a young breakout star in this case, a uh, young know, woman who's uh, beautiful, smart, stylish, and adept inside the courtroom. That could inspire a lot of young people or anybody, anybody really to pursue a career in law. And then that could be one of the significant outcomes of this trial. And I mean, there's so many different levels. Of, I think this has just made history in so many different ways. Yeah. And I love it when we have a big case like this, people say, oh, it's just because of Johnny Depp, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah obviously it is. But to me, people watching, following and listening they learn how our system works. And, the, and, and a lot of times it's people who would never really pay that close attention to it, but we should. It's our system of justice. It's the third branch of government. I mean, day in and day out, at some point, someone's going to end up, you're going to end up in a courtroom, right? For something, it, you know, it, it, it could be, you could be involved in a divorce. You could get a traffic ticket, whatever it is. But now they have a better understanding of, of how some of these things work. And the, I think the biggest takeaway from this case was the the rules of evidence and hearsay right i mean <laughs> right? everyone wants to know about hearsay all of a sudden and which the is hearsay like, papers <laughs> yeah and when you go to law school hearsay is like very it's it's subtle it's it's complicated um there's mm -hmm. a definition but there's so many exceptions it, it takes a while to master it yes um because even during the course of trials lawyers will disagree about it mm -hmm. so uh, it was fascinating to watch that as well. All right, Chanley Painter, um, I've, I've taken enough of your time already. She's been up for like 16 hours, and and she's about halfway done with her day. Uh, Chanley, thanks so much. Uh, great job in your coverage of this case, uh, as always. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. When we come back, I want to talk about something that happened right after the verdict. Chanley alluded to it uh, uh, quickly, um, but I'm going to go in a little more detail about it, and that is Amber Heard. She released a statement after the verdict. I read the statement and reread the statement, and I think that statement might be redefamation, a new word I just invented. I'll explain when we come back. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel -gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. So I'd like to read for you the statement that was released by Amber Heard 
after she lost the defamation case, right? And the defamation case was about what uh, she had written or put her name on that was written by the ACLU uh, in the Washington Post. Here's her statement. The disappointment I feel today is beyond words. I'm heartbroken that the mountain of evidence still was not enough to stand up to the disproportionate power, influence, and sway of my ex-husband. And the reason, and, and I'm going to stop here for a second, the reason I'm reading this, and I, and I had to read it and reread it, is I believe there's an argument to be made that the statement she released after losing the defamation case is more defamatory than the statement that the jury just found was defamatory and told her, you now have to pay $15 million because of what you said about your ex-husband, Johnny Depp. I'll continue. I'm even more disappointed with what this verdict means for other women. It is a setback. It sets back the clock to a time when a woman who spoke up and spoke out could be publicly shamed and humiliated. It sets back the idea that violence against women is to be taken seriously. Again, you know, you read between the lines here. She is saying she's a victim of violence. She's saying that her ex-husband overcame the mountain of evidence. She's accusing him of abusing her again. I'll continue. I believe Johnny's attorneys succeeded in getting the jury to overlook the key issue of freedom of speech and ignore evidence that was so conclusive that we won in the UK. Referencing the UK verdict where the judge found that she was a victim of abuse. She's calling him an abuser again. Just minutes after the, the jury says for doing that, Back in 2018, you owe him $15 million. And she is arguably doing it again. I'm sad I lost this case, but I'm sadder still that I seem to have lost a right I thought I had as an American to speak freely and openly. Let me tell you, folks, I don't know if a lawyer looked at it before she posted it on Instagram. I don't know. I hope a lawyer did not look at that because if they did, I, I would be shocked in light of what we just experienced. I mean, what she wrote in the op-ed in, in the Washington Post, I thought was, was, was less direct and more mild than that. And, and that's what she says after losing. I mean, you got to move on. Like you can say something like I'm disappointed in the verdict. Um, and, you know, something to that effect. But to, to actually, like, say, I had a mountain of evidence. Johnny Depp's an abuser in, in the UK. I mean, again, I'm reading between the lines, but anyone who knows the story can read between those lines. And by the way, the Washington Post article that she wrote, this jury had to read between the lines to get to the conclusion of defamation. So I am... I am utterly shocked, but I think it, it speaks volumes that you can look at it two ways. One, she's a loose cannon, right, who, who can't accept the, the reality of, of the verdict or the reality of what actually happened, or she is someone who told the truth and wasn't believed. But it, it seems to me like she's rolling the dice on another potential defamation case.
It's crazy. I mean, it was crazy. When I, I was on the air when, when it was first released and Chanley read it because it had just been posted and, and I'm listening to her and I couldn't believe what I was listening to. So I, I, we, we read it again slowly on the air afterwards and wow, jaw-dropping moment. But I mean, the trial was just filled with them from start to finish, from start to finish. One for the ages, and uh, one that uh, I will remember <laughs> pretty much forever because um, cover mostly criminal trials, but this one was personal, and that's what made it so different, so different. Anyhow, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for downloading. Um, be sure to watch Court TV. It's a television network, gavel-to-gavel coverage of trials. Then my show every night talking about unsolved cases, um, the big legal stories of the day, and of course, the big moments in the big trials. That's from 8 to 10 Eastern, uh, Monday through Friday on Court TV, your front row seat to justice. If you have a digital antenna, rescan it, you'll find us, or you can go on courttv.com and click on the Where to Find Us tab. That's it for this week. I'm Vinny Politan. Thanks for listening. And as always, please don't forget to hug the kids. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.